you desire for your kids to have close friendships and enjoy being together? Do they spend more time tearing each other down than building each other up? At the rate they're going, are you concerned they might not even like each other as they grow into adults? Well, then we're so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for updates so you'll always know about new podcast episodes. You'll also receive a free gift from Ginger when you sign up. Also, listeners, would you consider partnering with us and encouraging parents to reach the hearts of their children? We've heard from so many of you that God has used this podcast to encourage you in your parenting, and that is exactly what we prayed we would achieve. As we've grown, we have realized that well, it actually costs money to keep a podcast going, haven't we, Ginger? <laughs> yes, it certainly does. So we're asking those of you who feel led to help support our work here to go to gingerhubbard.com slash support. And whether it's a dollar a month or $20 a month, any amount at all will be a blessing to us and to others. So we really appreciate your consideration and partnering with us. Well, Ginger, as a former tattletale and manipulative little sister... I have to say that I claim no expertise in the area of cultivating unity among siblings, unless the topic is how not to cultivate unity. I was really good at that, to be honest with you. If you guys want to hear an example, just visit our lying episode. I think that's episode 12. My brother is still mad at me for giving myself a black eye. <laughs> yeah, and I can't say that I blame him, Katie. I know. Using theater makeup to get your brother in trouble. But you do get an A for dramatic effect. How about that? I mean, that? it's pretty genius if we're being <laughs> honest, but it's crazy at the same time. <laughs> anyway, it has been a deep desire of mine to spend as much of our time as possible cultivating unity among our kids. There are often times that I will actually interrupt our homeschool day to deal with character and relationship issues because we believe that those are as vital to our kids' education and development as reading and math, if not more so, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Ginger, you and I both know that in our fallen nature, we do not strive for unity. Otherwise, the Apostle Paul wouldn't have spent so much ink in his letters pleading for unity in the body of Christ. So it's no surprise that if the body of Christ has issues with this, well, Let's just say we don't have to scroll down very far in our newsfeed to find example after example of division and hatred in our world. But I'm convinced that the majority of these issues we see today start first in the home. Would you agree with that, Ginger? Mm, Absolutely. Today's culture would like for us to believe that it's completely normal for siblings to not get along and to not like each other. It's over. It's it's all over the media. Rarely do we see movies or television shows where siblings treat one another with respect and affection. They're usually fighting and yelling and name calling or belittling and mocking each other with sarcastic and even hateful remarks. What's really sad is that this sort of behavior is not only accepted in many homes, it's actually expected. It's viewed as normal. But it shouldn't be because John 13, 34, Jesus commands us to love one another. And in Philippians 2, 3, we're told to put others above ourselves. And as parents, the sooner we start instilling these principles into sibling relationships while they're young, the better. 
But I do want to add that if we're talking the talk, we need to be walking the walk. In other words, if our kids are not witnessing mom and dad showing love and respect toward one another and having an others-oriented mentality, then they're probably not going to have much respect when we try to encourage those things in their relationships. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean that they're never going to witness us having a disagreement or saying things that we shouldn't say or using tones that we shouldn't use with our spouses. As sinners, we have the same struggles with selfishness and pride that our kids have. But hopefully, when we do blow it in front of our kids, we're also letting them witness us respond with humility by admitting fault and asking forgiveness and and making things right. And the same goes for when we sin against our children by saying things that we shouldn't say to them or using tones that we shouldn't use. There should be humility and confession and the asking of forgiveness. I was going to say that very thing, Ginger, because I think we all have a child or two or more who just know how to push our buttons. And those children who are more agreeable, I guess you could say, might be less likely to be on the receiving end of our frustration and sharp tones. But... What are we teaching our kids when we treat them according to their folly? Proverbs 26, 4 is a verse you often quote, Ginger, and it says, do not answer a fool according to his folly or you yourself will be just like him. So if we're only patient and kind to those children who aren't driving us crazy that particular day, then what are we teaching our kids about how they should interact with one another? That's so true, Katie. Here's the thing. As imperfect sinners, we and our kids are going to blow it sometimes. But when we ask Jesus to help us every day to be his vessels and to show love and kindness and respect to one another, he hears our prayers. He answers our prayers and he works to make us more like him. And not just us, but our children too. Brothers and sisters who are trained and encouraged and required to treat one another with respect and love will not only enjoy closeness during the growing up years, but they're also much more likely to have stronger and closer relationships in adulthood. So rather than just playing referee all the time, let's pray with our children and teach them to pray that Jesus would help them to respond contrary to their sinful nature and in harmony with God's word in the way they treat each other and the way they interact with one another. So because we're all about giving practical advice on this podcast, Ginger, can you give us some practical ways that parents can cultivate unity in sibling relationships? I mean, ultimately, instead of just trying to keep them from using each other as human punching bags, it would actually be nice if they could be friends as well. Yep, that is the goal. So uh, sure, I'm just going to throw out some very simple and practical ideas for how we can cultivate that unity and friendship with our kids. The first thing we might consider is having a day where they intentionally serve one another. Uh, We could start out by showing them Matthew 20, 28 and talking to them about how Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve. And then we can encourage our children to experience the joy of serving by coming up with I don't know, maybe three to five ways to serve their siblings. I recommend at least one day each month that they do this. And if they have a hard time coming up with something, we can always help them along by creating a list of ideas and letting them choose the ones that they like best. And ideas can be really simple acts of kindness, such as uh, making sister's bed or offering to let little brother sit in the front seat with mom, even though it's not his turn, or doing uh, the other siblings' chores. I know that serving comes naturally for some folks, but for a lot of us, it actually doesn't. But I can say this from personal experience. The times when I actually follow the command of Jesus and make it a point to serve, He always puts joy in my heart. And we want our kids to experience that same joy that comes from obeying the command of God by serving others. And there are ways that we can really make it fun, too, like 
uh, allowing the child who is serving to pick their own day and try to surprise their sibling with each task that they do. Also, in order for the one being served to fully enjoy the pampering, we want to make sure that the children um, play server on different days. Now, I know a lot of our listeners have really big families, and they have a lot of siblings. And so if that's the case, you could make it even more fun by having them draw names and to try and serve without the other finding out who the server is. Ginger, if you recall, we had a listener write in and talk about how her family has special one-on-one time with each of her kids on their birth date every month. So for instance, my My oldest was born on the 19th, so we might let him stay up late on the 19th of every month or go with mom to run errands when the others have to stay home, something like that. So it can be simple, but the idea is to give them focused attention on that day every month. And I love that idea. We used to do dates and that became quite expensive and elaborate. (laughs) It was hard to maintain. Um, But as you were saying that, Ginger, it made me think that while we do that with one of our kids each month, the other kids can find ways to serve that sibling on that day. Uh, Mm -hmm. It could just make it a regular routine thing. And believe me, kids will not let you forget it's their day for one-on-one time. (laughs) Believe me, they never will. So I just love the idea of focusing our kids' attention on serving each other. So Ginger, what's another way we can cultivate unity among siblings? We can teach them to support one another. One way that we can do that is to require siblings to attend one another's special events. In other words, if Hunter is playing his trumpet at a beginner band concert, perhaps attendance should not be an option for his brothers and sisters. If Amy is performing at a ballet recital, what a blessing it would be to her if her siblings were there to support her and cheer her on. When children are prompted and encouraged to support one another and build one another up when they're young in both word and action, it will more than likely become a precious habit that they'll carry on into their adult years, and that's going to nurture that adult relationship as well. Let me just give you an example. Our daughter, Alex, uh, has been involved in theater since she was very young, and we required that our son attend all of her performances. It wasn't an option for him until she was a theater major at the University of Alabama which I'm actually still bitter about. (laughs) I'm a born and raised Auburn girl and a (laughs) diehard Tiger fan. So it was actually uh, viewed as just complete blasphemy for her to go to (laughs) Alabama. I'm still not over it. Obviously, we're a divided household. Frankly, Ginger, I'd disown my kids if they went to either of those schools. So I understand. Uh, (laughs) Listeners, if you're not from the South, you probably think we're joking, but we so are not. (laughs) <laughs> no, we are not. not college all. football is serious business here in yes, the South. Yes, it is. Anyway, when Alex was in college, of which I shall not speak of again, <laughs> Wesley was 23 years old, and he was already living out on his own and had a job and you know his own career and all that. And without our prompting, he made it a point to ask off work and attend every performance he possibly could when she Aww. was in college, even Shakespeare. And believe me when I tell you, he is not Shakespeare's <laughs> biggest fan. Actually, when Alex was not on stage... It was all Wes could do to stay awake. (laughs) But you better believe that as soon as that play was over, Wes was the first one in line to tell her how amazing she was and how proud he was of her. Although we all knew full well that he didn't have the foggiest idea as to what the play was actually about. But he supported her and cheered her on because that's the kind of relationship that was cultivated between them at a young age. Um, It's just been such a blessing to see all that cultivating that was done when they were little blossom into the strong and sweet relationship that it is today. Now, if your children are older and struggle with supporting one another, please don't be discouraged. It is never too late to start encouraging them. Uh, You might just sit them down and have a talk with them about how important their relationship is and how you want to help them to develop a closer friendship with one another. And then just go over ways that you plan to help them do that. 
Go over the new expectations of supporting and encouraging one another as a family. And keep in mind that if this is a completely foreign concept for your kids, there may be some initial complaining, (laughs) but as they begin to enjoy the new support from one another, even if it is forced for a while, as time goes on, they'll see the joy and encouragement that comes from supporting one another, and they'll grow to appreciate a stronger, more loving relationship. My parents are so great at this. I cannot count how many Little League baseball games I was forced to attend as a child. Now, granted, I spent most of my time playing in the dirt and eating Frito pie and trying not to get hit by foul balls, but I was, <laughs> it was not an option for me to not you had attend. To be there. Yeah. Yeah. For, you know, from everything you've told me, Katie, you really have awesome parents. I do. You and I both are very blessed in that way. Oh, we absolutely are. I don't know if you and your family have jumped on the monthly membership bandwagon, but my family really has. There are several that we get super excited about, but one of my kids' absolute favorites is called Dwell. Dwell is a monthly membership of scripture designs to help you and your family memorize one Bible verse every month. So we have what's called the Family and Friends membership, and it includes a four by five and a half print of the scripture verse, two key cards with the verse, and this is my favorite part, nine temporary tattoos. The designs are just beautiful, and I think this is a perfect Christmas or a birthday gift that doesn't include just more plastic stuff laying around the house. Actually, I have a funny story about my dwell tattoo. I was having dinner with my parents one night, and I had one on my wrist because we were learning John 8:36. Well, my dad saw it and asked if I had a new tattoo on my arm, and I was like, yeah, Dad, I've had this for almost 10 years. <laughs> and he said, well, I never noticed that before. <laughs> And then I had to confess that I lied to my dad about a fake scripture tattoo. So, you know, don't be like me. To learn more about this wonderful way to help you and your family hide God's word in your heart, go to dwelldifferently.com and use the code GINGER10 to get 10% off your order. Again, that's dwelldifferently.com and use the code GINGER10. As a mom, I can't imagine going back to the good old days where parents just sent their teenagers off in a car without a way to call if they you know, get into a fender bender with their insurance agent's daughter. That's a true story. I did that. And as my kids mature, I like the idea of them being able to reach me if something happens. Uh, But I don't like the idea of giving my kids access to the entire World Wide Web of wackadoos. This is why I'm ecstatic to introduce you to our sponsor, Gab Wireless. They are the first smartwatch and smartphone provider to actually do something smart when it comes to our kids. Gab watches and phones look and feel like all the smart devices on the market, but the great thing is that they don't cost more than a mortgage payment, and they're super safe for kids. There's no internet, no apps, no games, no social media, and no contract. Instead, the Gab watches and phones have just the functionality that is safe for kids and nothing more. Gab watches and phones are just $100 and start at $10 per month for service. But for our podcast listeners, Gab has offered $30 off the price of their watches and phones. Just use the code GINGER at checkout to get your Gab watch or Gab phone for just $70. Go to Gab, that's G-A-B-B-Wireless.com and use the code GINGER at checkout. Again, that's Gab, G-A-B-B-Wireless.com and use the code GINGER at checkout. Okay, Ginger, so what's next on your list? Next, we can teach them to prioritize their friendship. 
When my children were young, we loved inviting their friends over a lot. We had kids over here all the time. We had uh, so many homeschooling families in our church, so it was fun to get them all together and play and to even do schoolwork together sometimes. But there were several times over the course of my kids growing up that I actually pulled that privilege of time with friends in order for my children to focus on their own friendship. I remember a phase that Wesley went through where he was belittling almost everything that Alex said and just not speaking to her with respect. And I remember saying, you know, Wes, Alex is your best friend, but you don't seem to be enjoying her like you do your other friends. And so until you can speak to her kindly and treat her with respect, you're going to lose the privilege of spending time with your other friends. And Katie, it never failed that every time I did that, every time I cut back on their time with other friends and required them to focus on the priority of their sibling friendship by spending that one-on-one uninterrupted time together, it never took more than a couple of weeks for them to gain a new appreciation for their friendship, which brought about a change in the way that they treated each other. I didn't present time away from other friends as punishment. I presented it as a necessary season for my kids to reconnect in their own relationship until there was a change in their attitude toward one another. So it's not punishment. It's proactively training them and encouraging them to keep their relationship right. Same goes for including friends on outings or vacations. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But if taking friends along is the only way that our kids are able to enjoy those things, then it might be a good idea to avoid including friends until it's not. We shouldn't always feel obligated to take a friend along just because that's what our kids prefer, especially if there's division and tension in their sibling relationship. Unity is cultivated on outings where siblings enjoy time together. Always taking a friend along that can really hinder siblings from bonding with each other and cause them to become overly dependent on their peers. I love this idea. And Ginger, I have another practical idea that has worked really well in our home. We notice that our kids tend to argue more when they've had too much screen time. I don't know what it is about that, but they just become irritable and reclusive. But when that time is instead spent listening to audiobooks together, I've noticed the opposite effect. So our two boys are five years apart, and that can... It can lead to conflict because they don't always share the same interests or abilities, but the two of them will sit for hours listening to audiobooks and building Lego together in the room. They're not necessarily playing with each other, but what happens during that time is that they're building their own little language and culture. So they have inside jokes about these books that they're listening to that none (laughs) of the rest of us understand, and it gives them a common ground together. So reading and listening to books together really does something to cultivate family unity that few other things do. And I do want to say it's important to find good audiobooks that encourage strong sibling relationships. Mm -hmm. So that's just as important. You know, there are books out there that really do exactly what you said, Ginger. They really encourage the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. They really highlight the negative aspects of sibling relationships. Mm -hmm. Now, I know many of our listeners have probably already heard of Sarah McKenzie, but if you haven't listened to the Read Aloud Revival podcast, I highly recommend it. Though her podcast is not purely faith-based, Sarah has been a huge encouragement to me as a parent and as a homeschooling mama. So, Ginger, we can encourage our kids to serve one another, to support one another, and to prioritize their friendship. What's one more way we can cultivate unity among siblings? We can help them change their mindset toward one another if it's not good. We know their mindset or the way they view each other isn't good if they're constantly arguing and bickering. 
If that's a struggle for your kids, I'd like to suggest two very simple practical tips that can be helpful for changing their mindset and attitude toward one another. And then next week, I want to spend a whole episode on how we can teach siblings to resolve conflict biblically on their own, because that's a biggie. I have Mm -hmm. a lot to say about that, a lot of really good information there. So two quick tips for now, and then we'll really hit the topic hard next week on practical ways that you can teach your kids, and I'm talking about your really young kids, to work out their conflicts on their own in healthy, self-controlled ways. But for now, I just want to leave you guys with a couple of practical ideas for how you can help cultivate their attitudes and the way they view each other. When they're arguing and they're not getting along and not showing respect or kindness to one another, it can be really beneficial to have them go in separate rooms. It doesn't have to be bedrooms if they share a bedroom and not come out until they've done two things. First, they need to be willing to confess their own fault in the argument. Hmm. This is teaching them to take ownership and seek forgiveness for their own wrongdoing rather than selfishly dwelling only on the wrongdoing of, of the other one. Jesus challenged us, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? That's Matthew 7, 3. So we recently started doing this with our kids, and I've noticed that it, it's almost painful for a child to not immediately talk about the fault or faults of the other person. Oftentimes we don't even let them say what the other child did that was wrong at all, especially if we know that they were both at fault. Each Mm -hmm. child must confess their own sins and then close their mouths. And I think Mm -hmm. that is by far the most difficult part for them. Mm, Yeah, I think that's by far the most difficult part for all of us. (laughs) That's the truth. (laughs) The second idea is to have them write down or just think of something positive about their sibling and be willing to share it when they come out of their room. This is teaching them to control their thought life in the midst of conflict by thinking on what is excellent and praiseworthy, uh, which is what we are commanded to do in Philippians 4, 8. This is going to help them to redirect their thoughts towards something that is good and uplifting about their sibling rather than just stewing over the details of the argument and the ways that they think they've been wronged. These two practices can really help cultivate an others-oriented thought life over an it's-all-about-me mentality. I love that, Ginger. That is such a great idea. All right. So again, next week, we're going to talk about what to do when siblings are constantly arguing and aggravating and not getting along with one another and how you can teach them how to resolve conflict biblically, even young children, on their own instead of fighting and tattling. Now is the part of our show where we give a quick tip for parents. This is one of my favorite parts of the show because it reminds us that parenting isn't meant to be done alone. Today's quick tip is courtesy of April in Texas, and she writes... What do you do with the laundry that you forgot in the washer and it now smells musty and icky? I don't think any of our listeners have that problem. Do you, Ginger? Nobody forgets the laundry. No. (laughs) Well, dry it first, then rewash as normal and the smell goes away. Without drying, there is no way to get rid of the smell without heroic measures and chemicals. Okay, so I have three thoughts on this. One, I love that she said it takes heroic measures. That made me laugh. I really (laughs) liked her phrasing. Number two, she is 100% right. I have found no other way to get rid of the musty smell without first drying and then rewashing. And number three, I have a theory that men can't identify that smell. They cannot (laughs) smell when clothes are sour. Agree. I have a load of towels that have soured so much, I can smell it in the other room. And my husband has to bring it over to me and smell it, to smell it first. And I'm like, I could smell that outside our house. Can you not smell that? It's puzzling (laughs) to me. Have you noticed that, Ginger? 
Yep, I've actually been accused of having a nose like a bloodhound, whereas yes. I think Ronnie needs to have his sniffer checked. No joke. <laughs> I, I, I really think there's a chemical missing in their brain. Sorry, Probably. men, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you have a quick tip for our show, we'd love to hear from you. It can be any random tip about cooking, housekeeping, something you do with your kids, ideas for fun date nights with your spouse, anything at all. We'd love to share your ideas on the podcast. Just go to gingerhubbard.com slash quick tips to submit those. Well, Ginger, I'm excited to hear what you have to say next week about teaching our kids to resolve conflict biblically. Listeners, make sure you're subscribed so that you'll remember to tune in next Monday for that episode. As we wrap up this episode about cultivating unity among siblings, Ginger, can you please leave us with a final word of encouragement? Sure. Naturally, siblings are going to argue, and they're going to get on one another's nerves from time to time because, well, they're human. But let's pray for God to give us wisdom as we cultivate our children's friendships, and let's look for ways to encourage them to love and support one another. Under normal circumstances, sibling relationships are actually the longest relationships we have in life. They're established long before spouses and children come along, and they typically last long after the parents have gone. So they are lifelong friendships that should be respected and nurtured and cherished. That's why it's so important that we do all we can to cultivate unity in those sibling relationships. Thank you, Ginger, and thank you so much, listeners, for joining us. If you enjoyed our show and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And while you're there, can you leave us a rating or a review? This just helps us get the word out about our podcast so that other parents can be encouraged to reach the hearts of their children. Do you have a parenting question? Well, we invite you to submit it at gingerhubbard.com slash askginger, and we'll do our best to answer it in a future episode. And while you're on the website, you can find our show notes, which will include links to anything we mentioned in today's episode. While you're on gingerhubbard.com, you can find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. Today, we're offering her parenting book, I Can't Believe You Just Said That, Biblical Wisdom for Taming Your Child's Tongue, at a 10% discount when you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com. Ginger also offers a free discussion guide for this book on her website, which is great for book clubs and small group studies. If you'd like daily encouragement and parenting advice from Ginger, be sure to follow her on Instagram at ginger.hubbard. Ginger and I would love to lead a women's event at your church. We offer a one or two day conference as well as a full weekend retreat. If your church might be interested in hosting our women's conference or bringing Ginger in for a parenting conference, please fill out the contact form at gingerhubbard.com and we'll get back to you with more information. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God.